Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined by Gigi Flores from El Paso, Texas. This is a place I'm super curious about. I shared with Gigi the time I passed through town and uh, its impression on me. She's originally from Juarez, Mexico, actually, which is on the other side of the border. So it's really interesting to learn that dynamic and like what it's like and how it affects culture. This was a super fun conversation with Gigi. So excited to share it with you. You can follow her on Instagram at gflora.02. Let's begin. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is uh, another great episode. We have Gigi Flores joining us from El Paso, Texas. Uh, welcome to the show. I know. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, yeah. So my name is Claudia Flores. I'm also known as Gigi in social media. I am from Ciudad Juarez. I am pursuing an MFA in creative writing here at the University of Texas at El Paso. So right now, at the moment, I'm located here in El Paso, Texas. Nice. How, lo- how long have you been in El Paso or the area? Okay. Um, so I am from Ciudad Juarez. So Ciudad Juarez is basically next door. <laughs> yes. My whole life, I've been lucky and privileged enough to be able to come back and forth from Juarez to El Paso ever since I was a kid. But living here in El Paso, I've been here for the past 11 years. So, okay. yeah, kind of like half and half. I'm 20, I'm 26. Okay. Um, yeah. Part of my childhood was in Juarez and my adolescence and adult years. Um, it's been here in El Paso. Awesome. Uh, so I, so I want to learn more about El Paso. When I was 22, I, this is, uh, I, I don't talk about this a lot, but I took Greyhound buses all throughout the West of the United States. I'd never been west of the Mississippi River before. So I took Greyhound buses uh, from Chicago to Seattle, down to Eugene, Oregon, San Francisco, LA. And then when I was, I was going from LA to Dallas on the Greyhound bus, bus broke down in New Mexico. I remember like being so disappointed because <laughs> we were in the desert and there was snow everywhere. Yeah. And in my mind, I, I just never imagined snow in the desert. I was 22. And um, then we stopped when we came through El Paso. I remember this really vividly. It was just so interesting to me because you're coming down and there's kind of like these mountains or these hills. And then like Border Patrol pulled over the bus and searched everybody's stuff, including my stuff. And it just blew my mind because I'd never had an experience like that. And I was like, wow, this this area is, is something different, something interesting. And living in Chicago, now I'm, I'm thinking about snowbird locations, like in the <laughs> Southwest and the Southeast. Uh, I scouted out Miami earlier this year. So I'm looking at the Southwest, but I, I don't think I would go in locations that are typical, like a Phoenix or something like that. I want something a little bit more uh, culturally distinctive and unique and genuine. And I always just like think back to El Paso. So now Gigi's here with us to uh, to elaborate on the culture and the people of El Paso for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So yes, uh, 
we are in, so we have mountains. Okay, so El Paso, okay, this area, um, it's it's basically Juarez, El Paso, and we also have Las Cruces, New Mexico. So Las Cruces is like 35 minutes away from here, basically, if you're like in downtown. So it takes you like around 30, 45 minutes at the most, depends on traffic, um, to get to Las Cruces. So it's pretty close if you think about it. So, yes, we have mountains uh, here in El Paso. We have the Franklin Mountains. And then um, in Las Cruces, we have a, a very nice area like for hiking, which is Aguirre Springs. It's, it's beautiful. I love those. And then in Juarez, we also have a few mountains. So we're very much surrounded by mountains. But we also have this desert climate. So during the summer, it's going to be freaking hot. And when I say hot, it's extremely hot. <laughs> Like um, West West Texas hot. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to melt, basically. But also during the winter, you're going to have this really harsh cold weather. So we're going to have snow sometimes. Um, back in February, January of this year, we had a, a winter storm all over Texas, right? So it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And it was really, really cold. So yes, we had a, a couple of inches, probably not as bad as, uh, I don't know, maybe in in places where you actually see a lot of snow, like Colorado or other places in the States. Um, but yes, for us, it was, it was something, you know, and, and the cold it's different because of the desert location. So it's kind of like a very dry in some way, kind of like cold weather, but I mean, I love it. I love the, I love the winter here. I hate the summer just because it's extremely hot. So it's burning hot. Yeah. So your skin is like burning literally. So yeah. Yeah. Something I always think about is like, like in the summer here in Chicago, we had about like a, maybe like a week and a half stretch in the nineties and it was humid. And I'm just like, how, how, how do people in the South want to live in this? I don't, I don't understand. I want winter. I want fall fall right now. This is like great for us. Everybody. This is like Chicago loves the fall. Yeah. All the changing colors. That oh, heat. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. No, it's, 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 it's that um, there's a lot of people who love the summer, so I don't mind it. And there's people who actually like the heat of El Paso. I mean, every, I think everyone at some point it's like, okay, it's a little too much. But um, but yes, a lot of people like the summer. Uh, for me, fall, winter, best season uh, during the fall right now. The weather's changing already, so it's okay. not as hot. It's probably more chill in the mornings, and then we have okay. like some heat in the in the afternoons, and then it goes back to a bit chilly in the evening. So I like that, that shift and I can live with that. Yeah. But in the summer it's in the morning is freaking hot afternoon, extremely hot. And then in the evenings, it's just hot. So, so yes, we have those. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how did, how did the area get to be like three cities? It's in, and you have the U S Mexico border, like cutting through it historically. How did that all happen? Historically? Well, I think, well, we have El Rio Grande, right? Um, and if you look back into the history, I mean, this part of Texas, California was actually uh, from Mexico and then they sold it. So it becomes a state, right? Mm-hmm. So back in the day, we didn't have what we have right now, which is uh, the, the, Im- the immigration like um, stations because we have four international bridges, okay? So you can cross back and forth through each one of these. Um, and back in the day, honestly, people didn't even need a visa, didn't even need a passport just to come to the States. A lot of people, what they did is that just I'm going shopping and they let you go into the country and then they 
after you finish your shopping um, mm-hmm. spree, you go back and you're fine. So everything evolved basically. And it, to me, it's really funny because the same street that connects a lot of kind of like the freeway um, in El Paso, it's, it's the same street that connects Juarez. So it's just one street. It's just that we have this, uh, the immigration stations basically in, in the middle of it that separates both countries. And you also have El Rio Grande, no? which is a river that actually connects a lot of the part of, of the border. And it's, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and to me, it's just really strange because uh, I'm, I'm driving sometimes through the freeway here in El Paso and I can see Juarez and I can see the plaza and I can see some of the places that I grew up uh, going to like the parks or stuff like that. So, so yes, I mean, we've always been connected. We've always, I mean, I think we consider El Paso Juarez is just one big community. And of course you also have Las Cruces, but Las Cruces is on this side of New Mexico. Right. So Yes, we're pretty much very close to one another. And you're going to have people from Las Cruces coming to El Paso, going to Juarez, going back. So, yes, we're pretty much interconnected. So how does that work right now with like visas and immigration and things like that? Okay, so, for example, right now, since COVID, um, they shut down the, the bridges pretty much. So only U.S. citizens and U.S. residents are allowed to go into Mexico and come back. Basically, okay can come into the country because they are citizens or residents, right? So people from Mexico cannot cross um, to El Paso. Um, basically, if you are a student, you are allowed to because you're coming to campus and classes are in person, so you're allowed to come into the country. Uh, but yes, basically, you have to go through a really um, rigorous um, immigration process where you go to the American consulate in Juarez, you apply for an appointment uh, to get your uh, your visa, your tourist visa. And if they approve, then you are given the opportunity to come into the States. If they deny you that visa, then you're not allowed to come into the country. So, yeah. Even though it's like a couple miles away. Exactly, exactly. Because we have the international bridges and of yeah. course there's people right there. I mean, and yeah. And they, and they know if they ask you for the visa and you're like, I don't have one, then go back. Like you cannot come into the country. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it seems intense. It is. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, huh. So is that like a big topic of discussion all the time? For us, not so much because it's just okay. so common. It's our every day, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, like growing up, I always had a visa. So my parents, um, would bring me to El Paso and I would go to the mall and I would go to McDonald's and I would go to Wendy's, Burger King to eat. They would take me to toy stores. So, I mean, of course, it's always a topic of discussion being here in the border, having the, the wave of, uh, of migrants coming from, from um, Central America. It's, it's always going to be a topic of discussion here in the city just because we are basically in the middle of it because we are at the yeah. border. So... So, yeah, I think it's one of the topics that really gets uh, the most attention, probably nationwide, uh, internationally. Um, yeah. Also here in the city, it's it's very prominent just because of where we are and who we are. Yeah. Interesting. So what are the people of El Paso like? Oh, they're lovely. <laughs> they're lovely. I, I honestly, you know, growing up in Juarez, I've always loved El Paso. I've always liked El Paso. And of course, I mean, we are people and something that I think it's very distinctive to us is that we are a, a really binational, bicultural community. 
Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a lot of artists doing Chicano art or you're going to see a lot of, for example, um, for us, uh, Dia de los Muertos is coming up, so Dead Day, right? And you're going to have exhibits and you're going to have um, a, a lot of events here in El Paso, although it's a Mexican tradition since we're very close to Mexico, like it's right here. Yeah. Um, of course, we share a lot of that bond culturally and also in terms of language. It's a very bilingual community. Okay. Are there, is there a difference in like people that live in Juarez and El Paso? Like, can you, yeah. are they distinctive among each other or no? Um, no, not really. I, I wouldn't say there's kind of like distinction. However, I'm going to tell you, when I moved from Juarez to El Paso, it was a cultural shift. So there's, there's a difference. I mean, there's, I felt the shift, you know, especially because I was a teenager and I was like, I don't want to move to El Paso, but this is my home. I've always been here. So um, also I think for me, the most, the biggest thing um, I would say it was the language. Although I spoke English back in the day, I wasn't as fluid as I am today. So uh, from having going to school and everything be taught in Spanish, now I had to be in school and everything was going to be taught in English. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a shift. And that's, that was kind of like a cultural barrier. Okay. Also, also the food, the food is very different here in El Paso than Juarez. That, okay. That's- Elaborate. Yes. <laughs> so for example, Mexican food, we have good restaurants here in El Paso with Mexican food, but it's not going to be like the Mexican food you have in Mexico. The Wait, say, that, say that again. The, the Mexican food we have here in El Paso, it's not the same as the one you're going to try in Mexico. Okay. It's very different. For for example, taco stands are not the same here in El Paso than in Juarez. We gotta tell you that. Okay. That. So yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, what do you think? What do you think residents of El Paso value most? Hmm. I think the fact that we are a binational community, uh, the mix of cultures here in El Paso. It's, it's one of them. I, I see that a lot. Um, yes, I think just the fact that we, there's a lot of people from Mexico here in the States and a lot of, and, and there's also a lot of uh, American citizens in Juarez as well, or people that were born here, raised here, and then they go to Juarez or school or something because of their families. So I think the connection between just the nationalism that we are binational and the cultural, which we share a lot, I think that's what we value the most. Okay. I personally do I think uh um I see sometimes in social media as well that yeah like people in El Paso love El Paso they love the culture here I mean it's it's very different it's very different because we're literally like a mix of two countries <laughs> yeah it seems very unique in one city yes yes can you can you think of any other cities in America that are have a similar situation as oh. what you experience there Hmm. I mean, I know, for example, big cities, right? Like um, Austin, Houston, um, New York. I mean, they have such rich cultures just because they are um, big cities and there's people from everywhere, right? Yeah. But here in El Paso, you're going to see a lot of like that Mexican influence. It's, it's really prominent or that Hispanic influence. It's very yeah. prominent. And although in other cities, you might have some of it, there's also a lot more of other cultures. So here in El Paso, it's very distinctive. You know, that it's a very heavy Mexican, Hispanic influence. Yeah. Interesting. What, uh, okay. So what do people, 
like do for fun there? Like, what are they interested in? Okay, so for example, um, this past weekend we had a, we had an event downtown, and it's called Shock the Block. So there's just a bunch of local artists um, during and the on the streets of downtown El Paso with Shock, and it's an event where they have music, they have bands, they have uh, sometimes they have mariachi. We have the farmers market down there, so uh, we also have music festivals here in El Paso as well. We have Neon Desert. Okay. Festival. I think this year it didn't happen just because of COVID, but in the past, okay. and of course we have bands and 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 music, a good music repertoire. Um, a lot of people love to go hiking on the mountains since we have it like right here. Okay. State park. Um, I love to cruise just down the streets of downtown. I mean, uh, I I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. What so about uh? Go yeah. ahead. No, those are some of the few things that I that I can think of the top of my mind. Okay, I saw some images on Google of people floating on the Rio Grande. Is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I, okay. I, probably on the side of of Juarez, yes. Um, there's a lot of people who just go into the river and everything. But yeah, from here, from from El Paso, like from the American side, I haven't seen that a lot. I see it more uh, coming up from the Mexican side. Of the, of the of the border okay. so yeah so kind of like playing the water uh if the if the river is not like on top like there's not a lot of water you're gonna see like kids just like playing in the water yeah wow interesting <laughs> yeah. uh what what colors do you see most and sounds you hear okay we have beautiful sunsets that's something that i think el paso really? is great for uh we have beautiful sunsets every day um especially sometimes it's just like the colors in the sky, they just like shift. There's, there's times where we actually have like purple colors in the sky. So it, it's amazing. It's amazing. I will send you some photos just so you can see on social media. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, so then is it like you're looking West and like you see the mountains and stuff too when you're, yes, uh, yes. Yes. We I can find. And it's great. And it's amazing. Um, what sounds do we hear a lot? Okay, since I'm here at like close to the airport, <laughs> I hear a lot of airplanes all the time. Uh, but also, it just depends. Sometimes it's gonna be the wind. Sometimes it's gonna be cars. I mean, in in terms of nature, I think you have to be kind of like in the Franklin uh, State Park to hear some of like because yes, I mean it's it's a small city. Yes, we have the desert, but I mean also the desert doesn't make a lot of sound. So. So how you said small city, um, but you're like the sixth biggest city in Texas, which is like 23 overall in the United States. Oh, true, true. I mean, it's growing, it's expanding, you know, but I think, okay, what I mean by that is that um, I think for me, I've always been here. So to me, it looks kind of small. Okay. I recently went to Houston um, and, and to Denver and I look at the cities and I'm like, dang, okay, that this is different. It hits different, you know? Yeah, which places? Denver and where? Denver and Houston and Spring, Texas okay. as well. I mean, and I'm like, okay, like this is huge. These places are huge, you know? And here in El Paso, I mean, yes, it's big, but also since I know pretty much El Paso very well, to me, it seems kind of small. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that for sure. It's like your home. So it's super familiar. 
When you're familiar with things, it doesn't seem that small, right? Yeah, they kind of do a little sometimes. Um, at least for me, because yes, like um, from here, from my house, I I actually get to see the mountains and I get to see Juarez. So for me, it's kind of like, hey, yeah, okay. Like it's it's it might be big. And for some people, it might be like, wow, El Paso. But for me, it's kind of like El Paso's home, you know? Yeah. So besides immigration, what what's like a topic that, people are talking about a lot. Okay, so right now, <laughs> from what I've seen on social media, everyone's obsessed with the Squid Game for the Netflix show, I think. The what? The Squid Game. Have you seen the show? It's amazing. No, I get too many recommendations for TV shows that I, <laughs> I'm not able to keep up with any of them. What is it? Quid what? Quid. Squid Game. It's a Korean TV show. It's on Netflix and it's trending. Oh, someone else told me about that the other day. Really? No, it's good. If you have a chance, watch it. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. Oh, interesting. So it's it's okay. It says hundreds of cash-strapped contestants accept an invitation to compete in a children's games for a tempting prize, but the stakes are deadly. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I've noticed like um Shows produced by Korean artists and uh, uh, thinkers and filmmakers are, are becoming more popular. Yes. You notice that too or no? No, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, coming this way, I think. I think they've always been popular. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of people who are, who've always been into um, Korean TV shows or comics or whatever, right? Uh, but yes, I think right now there's, there's, there's kind of like a trend going on where they are like getting some popularity. So my social media is flooded with everything that has to do with this, with this show. I swear. It's so fun. Is it, is it dark? A little. Yeah. Well, uh. a little too. Yeah. yeah. It's dark, but it's really good. the story really uh, does a great job and just like catching your attention somehow. Okay. And once you start it, you can stop watching it. Like, I was like, I'm going to do an episode a day and see how this goes. And no, I, I think I finished it in a day. So yeah, it's it's like- How many episodes are there? There are nine episodes, one hour each. So that was like okay. nine hours of just like watching TV, which is a lot, but it's fun. It was fun. And, it, and it's a really good show. So, so on your Instagram, it says you're a film enthusiast. Yes. Right? So how do you, I had this conversation with someone the other day, like, when you watch a film, yeah. what are you looking for and what goes through your head? Are you, are you like focused on plot? Is it like all these other aspects? What is, tell me what goes through your mind. For me, when I'm watching a movie, yes, I, I do look a lot into the plot and how the story develops, but also I like films. Okay. Um, that really make me think or make me kind of like they play with me this mental game of guessing what's going to come next. So I think, uh, for example, I can give an example of that, which is, um, I, what, what is the name? For example, um, the Shutter Island. Uh, oh, yeah. With DiCaprio? Yes. So you're always kind of like, okay, what's going on? Okay, this is happening. So I, I'm, I guess this is going to happen next. So psychological thrillers are, are one of my favorites, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. And I love the way they they actually uh, play with the plot and with those kind of like plot twists and turning points within the story. Yeah. And that's 
fascinating. Uh, but don't get me wrong, like I also love like uh, rom-coms and I love comedies and I love also drama a lot. So yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for movies. I'm all for movies. <laughs> what, what are your like top five movies? Ooh, okay, my top five. Let's see. Okay, Shutter Island is one of those. <laughs> um, I love The Shining. Okay. I love Wolf of Wall Street. Um, Nocturnal Animals has to be another one. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's really good. And what other one? There's one on Netflix that it's called The Invisible Guest. Um, it's a Spanish film, but it's really good. It's really good. I recommend it. <laughs> And of course there's more, but yeah, those are some that I can think of just like on the top of my head. Okay. So remind me what The Shining is about. The Shining? The Shining is a like it's that based classic on the, movie. Yeah. On the by Stephen King. Okay. The hotel and then uh, strange things start happening at the hotel. The father goes crazy, tries to kill the family, but it's not because he's only dealing with probably his own mental health, but because the hotel has some effect on him. And you also have this kid like Danny and the, and the famous phrase of the red rum, red rum. Yes. It's, it's, it's amazing. Okay. Now Wolf of Wall Street. What do you love most about that? I love the story and I love the acting. It's fantastic. I think for me, Leo DiCaprio, that was his Oscar winning film. You know, I think the role he's playing in that movie, his performance, it, it's amazing. It just blows my mind how good he is at it. And I just love the story and I love how crazy the story is in, in, in some sense. Yeah. And, how, and how these people just have a lot of money and they don't even know what to do with it. So they just spend it like nothing. And <laughs> I just love, it's so funny. The film is so funny to me. <laughs> and I also love Jonah Hill in this movie. So it's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I like those two actors. I think like I don't watch a lot of movies, but like DiCaprio does a lot of good work. And I think Jonah Hill is a, a very fine actor himself. Yes, he is. He is. I, I love him both. I love him both. And and to me, having uh, them in this one movie and just like collaborating and just like playing this really like funny roles, but that are meant to be like very serious, like topic, you know, because you're dealing with fraud, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, I love it. So what is Nocturnal Animals about? Okay, so Nocturnal Animals is basically, um, it's a story of a, of a writer. Um, and he sent this manuscript to his ex-wife uh, or ex-girlfriend, right? And throughout the story she's reading, we're basically seeing uh, flashbacks of the story of them when they were together. So, so he wrote a story about their relationship. Basically, basically. And he sends her the manuscript. Um, and the story is just heartbreaking. So basically, um, throughout their, I mean, throughout the, the film, we see how she broke his heart uh, and she got pregnant and uh, had an abortion and didn't even tell the guy. And she married this other guy for money, for status, for other things. And she pretty much let this guy go, right? So within the novel, we see a lot of... Um, a lot of reflection on that and how he um, loses uh, his wife, his daughter, and how this this one guy breaks his, his heart for killing his daughter and wife. So there's a lot of connection right there through the book and, the, and their love story. And, it, and I love the ending um, because it's kind of like an, an open ending to interpretation. But like, like I was saying, like 
aesthetically, like visually, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. I think Tom Ford does a great job in choosing colors and setting up the atmosphere, both in the past, during the novel, and the present. We see a lot of tone in colors and shifting, and we see a lot of cold scenes and warm scenes. And I mean, it's just very well constructed. I, I think a lot of people haven't seen it or didn't like it because I don't hear much about it. But for me, it's one of my favorites, honestly. I love it. When was it made? Oh, I think it was made in 2016, 2017, probably around that, around that time. I think so. What What do you think, yeah. like, uh, so he's he's like known as being a fashion designer, right? Yeah, fashion designer. So how do you, how do you think like that influenced how he like shot the movie? I think he has a very good eye for detail. I mean, his clothing is, I love, I love Tom Ford. Personally, I'm a fan of, of Tom Ford. And I love the aesthetic he has. And you can see what you see in his clothing and his like brand. You can also see it in the movie for some reason, like the color um, palettes that he uses, the tones, um, everything is just so very well constructed. And he, he's very detailed in my opinion. So you can see the detail he put into the movie, like in every single thing and everything has like a structure within the, the film visually, it has a purpose on it. Uh, so, so yeah, he plays really well with that. It's, it's amazing. I love it. So when you, when you like watch a movie, are you considering like everything in the background and not just like the actors of like in a movie, everything in that shot is there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you have to like, what? That would be an interesting job, either to be like a film scout or like someone that goes and buys everything that has to be like authentic for this specific scene and the period. And uh, that those those two jobs would be interesting to me. Yeah, they are. I think so. And I mean, just. Um... I've never been on a movie set or anything, and I hope to one day be be there because I mean I, I'm a huge uh, film enthusiast. Uh, but yes, I mean having to sit up. For example, if we're talking like uh, one of the series, uh, the most recent series on Netflix, is, which is Bridgerton, I think. Okay. And it's like um, so uh, yeah, like it's way back in time, you know. And you have you see these puffy dresses and everything's kind of like uh, very well set up for the for the time. And I think it's just very, it's very expensive to make a movie like that. Or yeah, I bet. And second, um, you really have to have a really good costume designing team because, I mean, they are the ones designing. It's not like you can go to the store or go to Walmart and get the dresses and everything. Yeah. They're, they're custom made, first of all. And, and two, you're dealing with, a, with another time, right? Like 1800s or 1500s. So you really have to, to spend a lot of money and just think very well what you want to do with uh, with your film and the image and everything. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting, honestly. I have a friend who's a, a paleontologist slash archaeologist, and he he now lives in L.A. And sometimes he'll do like consulting for, for films. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> on, like on, like how they go about I like think... processing the stuff, like finding the stuff and then like you know, the authenticity of each thing. Yeah. So there's, I think there's, there's always a lot of research that goes into making a movie just for any 
different sort of reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you're going to see a lot of like different strange majors that have nothing to do with film involved in the film just because they need it. <laughs> so yeah. like, just like your friend, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Then invisible guests. Ooh, this is, this one's great. Okay. So this is a Spanish film. Um, and the story is basically about a guy who um, is accused of murdering uh, his, his beloved one. And he's, uh, he hires this lawyer. And so he's basically, basically telling his side of the story. He's like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And in the meantime, they also, by accident, um, they, they are involved in a car accident and they kill another dude, right? So the dude goes, goes away, <laughs> basically. Um, they pretty much like put him in the car and they throw him into the river and that's it, right? Um, and throughout the story, uh, we see how he's telling his lawyer the story and he goes through every step, everything that had happened up to the point that when they kill this dude. And in the end, it is revealed to us that the lawyer he hires, it's not really a lawyer. She's an actress and she is the mom of the guy they killed by accident. Wait, what? Exactly, exactly. That is wonderful about this film. So it's a huge plot twist. You have to watch it. You have to, I have to, uh, you have to watch it. Um, so yeah, basically the, the lawyer he hires, she's not really a lawyer. She's an actress and she is a mom of the guy they killed. And basically he is actually guilty of committing murder, not only of the guy on the accident, but of his lover. So it's really interesting. It's really well made. It's, it's a huge plot twist. It's kind of like a drama thriller kind of film. Okay. Um, and it's on Netflix and it's a Spanish film. It's okay. with so yeah, it's good. That one is a must see as well. It's good. Are th are there any uh any big films that were um shot in El Paso or the area? Yes, I think uh Glo Glory Glo Glory Road. I think it's one of them. It's on Disney. Okay. It's like it's the the basketball coach, right? That one was here in El Paso. Um, what other places? I know there's some. Uh, I know there is here and there in films that they pass through here through El Paso and they get some shots. For example, I know that there is a film that's going, it's, it's in production, I think, and it's by Mexican actor and producer. Now I think he's a director, uh, Guillermo Garcia Bernal. Um, he was here not long, not so long ago and they were shooting something. So I think it's that one's still in the making i don't know what it is that's still in the making so yeah what's, what's the person's name uh guillermo uh no i'm, I'm lying gael garcia sorry gael garcia bernal what am i saying sorry <laughs> my bad and I'm nice. so there's those are some uh some films to look up to research more i've seen wolf of fall street and shutter island yeah those like are i said dicaprio's got some 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 good ones yeah, he, he does. What's he working on right now? Do you know anything or no? Uh, Leo, I don't know. I have no idea. I know he's a really, uh, really outspoken for climate change and everything. So probably something around there, like activism okay. or something. But uh, in the acting world, I, I'm not really sure if he's like doing something right now. Not that I, not, not, not that I have heard of. So. Yeah. Uh, What's the coffee and museum scene like in El Paso? This is a particular Ooh, okay. interest of mine because those are two things I love. 
Yes, uh, museum-wise, uh, we do have a couple of museums. We have the El Paso uh, Museum of Art downtown, the History Museum. We have the International Museum of Art. Um, we have a bunch of small galleries here in El Paso. Okay. The feature local, so that's that's something to look out for. And then coffee, coffee. I love coffee, and I, and I have uh, my favorite coffee shops, of course. Um, located most of them on the west side of town. But yeah, they do have good coffee, good good food. Yes. So what's your, what's your coffee drink of choice? Mm, okay, it depends. Sometimes um, I like cold brew. I like to get a cold brew if I'm like into something cold. And my, my go-to is an Americano, basically. Yeah, that's my, that's like my recent thing that I do. Yes, hot Americano or iced Americano. And if I want to go into something a bit different, I get a cold brew. So is that, is that have anything to do with like the, the temperature and the season? Like you don't want to drink something hot in the summer? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so yes, during the, probably, yeah, during the summer, I do tend to go for cold brews and iced Americanos. And since the weather is kind of changing and the mornings a little, are a little bit colder here in El Paso, I am going for a hot Americano in the mornings. Yeah. Okay. What do you do at home? What do I do at home? Yeah. Chill? No, no, no. Like coffee-wise. Okay, coffee-wise. Uh, I do have a, an espresso machine. So, yes, Americano. And every now and then, I throw in some, some latte. <laughs> right? That's uh, something on my horizon is an espresso machine. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Now for the pandemic, um, since every coffee, ta- coffee shop sorry, in town was closed, I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah, we got an espresso machine and it's, it's wonderful. I love it. I'm so so what, what's the brand of it? It's Breville. It's one of the most commercial, but okay. I mean, it does a job. So yeah, it's, it's good. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if someone had a few days, to spend in El Paso, what would you recommend them doing? I would recommend them to go to the museum, go visit downtown. Um, if you have a chance and if you can go to Juarez as well, go to okay. Juarez, Juarez. Um, go eat some, some Mexican food in Juarez. Also, if you want here in El Paso, go, go on a hike, visit local shops, visit local gal- galleries. Yes, you're gonna have fun. And sometimes if you're lucky, they have some events downtown. So okay. that'd be cool, yeah. So how do, how do you like uh, or enjoy spending your time? I really enjoy, okay, so for my free time, when I have a chance that we have a nice uh, rink here in El Paso, and I'm taking figure skating lessons, so that's that's something that I'm I'm into right now. I love doing that, and of course, um, I love watching movies. So I can either stay home and watch a movie, or back in the day when uh, COVID wasn't a thing, I'd love to go to the movie theater, just watch movies, and just cruise in El Paso. Honestly, just drive around the city, and just listen to to some music. I don't know, and look at the the scenery that we have you know the mountains go to scenic drive so scenic drive is um it's basically um a small place that we have here in the mountain and it's it's kind of like um i don't know how to say it but it's a mirador so basically you go into the mountain and then um you can just go and enjoy the view and there's like a road and everything so you can actually go 
through driving through the mountains. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's like a, a stop, like a, yeah, kind a place of. you can just park oh. at and then just. Yeah, and and it's not super big. It's it's kind of small, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and and on the weekends you're gonna see a lot of people just like stopping by. Really. Mm -hmm. So why figure skating? How did you get into figure skating? Honestly, okay, so they had as a summer camp um, and they were promoting it on social media. And I saw it um, through one of the social media accounts from El Paso that I follow. And I saw the promotion and I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. Like right now it's really hot. So going into an ice rink, it's, it's for me the best go-to. Yeah. So yes, I went in for the summer camp and I loved it. I love filling the ice. Uh, I love just the fact that you you just glide. I mean, it's so it's it's amazing. I mean, uh, I've done ballet and gymnastics in the in the past, so I have a good sense of balance. Okay. So it, it wasn't as hard to get uh, on the ice for me, and I just love it. And you're always cold, like you don't feel the heat. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like perfect. It's a perfect activity for me honestly that's gotta be nice it is it is it is nice and of course i mean uh i i try to go a at least once a week i would love to go more than that but i can't schedule okay nice how do people get around in the city uh you mean around like okay so it depends for example i, I think everyone uh has a car everyone uh, goes onto the bus but for example uh since i'm in school some of my colleagues or uh, peers, um, they are international students. So they don't have a car. So okay. they are somewhere close to campus and they either buy some bikes or they walk to campus. So sometimes it's, uh, I think for them, a little bit harder just to get out of the, of the downtown area just because um, downtown, it's, it's kind of like at the center and then you have the freeway. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit tougher, but of course, like if anyone needs a ride, like I'm always up for it. Yeah. So is there uh do you guys have those like scooters yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do people use those? Yes, they do. I use yeah. them whenever I'm, I'm downtown and I don't want to walk. I just jump on one of them. It's oh, amazing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then city buses, are there like city buses that go around? Yes. Okay. We have city buses as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice uh so what what three musical artists are in your heavy rotation right now okay that's that's cool okay so right now for sure it's uh rye it's one of them what is it Rye. how do you spell it r-h-y-e right okay uh i'm also really into like ariana grande's latest album i really like that album Okay. And also Rex Orange County. It's it's one of my faves. Rex Orange County. What's what's Rye like? Ooh, I don't know how to describe his music style, but to me, his music is just very soothing. It's very like chill. Okay. I, I don't know much about like music in in general terms. So I wouldn't know how to explain his vibe <laughs> for some reason oh, yeah, nice um then what are what are three people who are three people or things that have influenced your outlook on life who 
Okay, that one's that one's that one's tough. Okay, so yeah, okay. I love photography, so cameras are one of them. Okay. I'm a cool person, so that would be one thing. In terms of people, I think my parents are are two of them. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, and what is another object? Um, I think just in general, this is gonna sound like super silly. But I always have to carry a notebook or a notepad with me. It doesn't sound silly because I do the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I like writing. I really into writing. I'm a. I'm an. I mean, a uh, writing MFA, of course. Yes. Yeah, so I think those are some of the things that really just complement me, especially photography. Photography. I started uh, when I was in high school. I was, I think, a sophomore or a junior. And it's a passion that I developed over the years. And it's something that I'm still really into it. And I love just going out or on shootings or if I just like have my camera with me around, it's just like I go and shoot like whatever things that I can. So, yeah. What kind of camera do you have? I have an, it's really old. Actually, I need, I need an upgrade. I've been thinking of, of an upgrade, but I have a Nikon G3100. And of course, I have a, a couple of lenses. And my favorite one is a 50 millimeter. Interesting. I have that same camera. That's what we shoot some of our episodes with. Yeah. Yes, and, and I'm looking and I'm looking into an upgrade because yeah, I do need an upgrade now. <laughs> but I just really haven't had the time to just go and get something at the store or something. And and, and DSLRs are expensive as well. So. Yeah. So what what uh what would the upgrade have that it doesn't have right now? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Couldn't hear you, sorry. So upgrading the camera, what would it have? What feature uh, would it have that your camera doesn't have currently? Okay, so frames per second, of course, it's one of them. Of course, uh, okay. picks, um, the quality, um, so, some of them now shoot in 4K uh, video, I think, super HD. Um, I'm also really into kind of like, sometimes making just like small videos or clips of, or something. So that's another reason why um, maybe because they also have integrated Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and mine doesn't. The, so, that's, that would be a game changer for me. So, so yes, cause sometimes when I shoot, I have to literally like uh, go to my computer and plug in the DS, DS card or SD card, sorry. Sometimes and, it doesn't work too. So you got to figure out another. Yeah, solve another problem. And since I have one of the new Mac uh, laptops, so the you the USB it's not the USB entering anymore. It's the uh, what is it called? The UC or CU, which is kind of like the flat tip one. So yeah. I have to get yeah. So I have to uh, I had to buy actually like extra tools to be able to connect my SD card and then the USBs and everything. So yeah, it's kind of like okay. I, if I have. Uh... I use this one quite a bit this like adapter so yes. i i use i use the uh the sd card it with yeah. the the lightning bolt and yeah. i put it into my ipad and i upload everything to my ipad oh that's cool yeah it's it's pretty awesome Ooh, i'm gonna get one of those in yeah yeah and then i bought this one the other day it's another es <laughs> it's <laughs> another it's another sd adapter but this one goes into my computer instead of the laptop yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So much stuff. 
have a bunch of adapters as well. And I'm like, oh, this is this is a lot. So yes, yeah, so for example, if the camera had the, the Wi-Fi uh, integrated or the Bluetooth, it'd be easier for me just to like to send them to my phone or or the laptop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would. Uh, so you're you're into creative writing. You're you're taking classes for that. What um what do you love most about it and what are you you learning right now? I'm learning a lot, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's one when that's uh, one of the things. Right now I'm taking a very interesting class, which is called Mind in Fiction. And actually in that class, we really look into what is a consciousness, the brain, the mind of a character, and how to develop that and how to expand it. And um, it's just really interesting because you, they really make you to try to get in the head of a character. So right now we're also reading some books, some material um, that, really, that really allows you to see the theory compared to the, um, to the actual books, to the actual material and reading. So that's, that's, that's a cool thing. And for me, just writing, I think for me, writing has always been there. Um, ever since I was in, in elementary school, I remember uh going into like writing contests or poetry contests and all these sort of things and I never looked at it as probably something that I wanted to do until I was like older and I just really like that it's it's a form of expression um sometimes I'm not very good at communicating things like verbally but I can do it through writing yeah I know the feeling yeah it's it's tough man sometimes you want to say something but you don't want to say it so i'm like okay i'm just gonna type it down just like show you or send you the text <laughs> so yeah yeah i get that sometimes like through text or whatever things don't come across as probably you intend them mm. but actually just it writing works so yeah that's me <laughs> interesting do you have any uh favorite books yeah so for example one of my favorite books is actually uh the shining so i read the novel and then the movies okay. i love those books of course, um, right now, here are some of my books. Okay, so the Iliad is one of them. And then I'm also right now really into Virginia Woolf. So we had to read it for class and it's and it's amazing. And I've read um, a couple of her short stories and I really like the, the style of Virginia Woolf. So this is another one. So what are, what are some of the themes of Virginia's Woolf, Virginia Woolf's writing? Yeah, for example, in this one, um, it's a lot of like... Um, I would say she was in a bit of a, of a feminist and she was up for it. So it's a lot of like female protagonists. Um, and just uh, for example, the other day I was reading, rereading, sorry, Q Gardens, right? And it's a lot of, um, this is a short story where you have um, a couple of things. So you have nature, you have human people, like human people, of course, human persons. And then you have um, just the nature over, in overall and one thing that I love she does in the story is that she interconnects the nature of actually the the world within the relationships in humans in human beings and how those relationships work and how those relationships cannot um sometimes are torn apart so so yeah that is something that I really love that she does and I'm and I'm halfway through this book and I've never read um Miss Dalloway before so it's really interesting and she has a really uh, specific way of writing things in which she she goes back and forth with point of views. So it's a lot to be keeping up with, but it's fascinating the way she just goes into one point of view smoothly and they takes you out of it and then goes back into another one. So it's really good. It's interesting. Yes, I, I, I recommend uh, Virginia Woolf. What's, okay, what was, what was that one, the name of the book that you said that were nature of the world and the human beings? 
Oh, okay. No, that's a short story, and that is called Kew Gardens. So it's like taking the nature, like nature, nature, and weaving it into. Yes, because you have, for example, you are in a garden and then you're having, there's two people having a conversation, right? And while she's narrating this, or while the characters are having a conversation, she's also taking you through the point of view of a snail and how the snail moves. It's something that she's really doing. Yeah, and 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 she really, um, through, the, through the snail, I feel like she's giving you the sense of how sometimes conversations can be slow, can be boring, however, how um, engaging can they also be at the same time? And also, okay. of course, it's a it's a couple having kind of like a sassy conversation, right? So she she takes the, the outside world, she takes the nature, and also somehow links it to to the human part, right? Or to the human conversation that these uh, people are having. So it's it's interesting. I love it. Well, that's the way I see. It. That's my personal view of things. But yes um what what were your favorite virginia wolf books i'm sorry what's your favorite what's your favorite virginia wolf book my favorite virginia wolf book hmm i don't know i don't know right now honestly i'm really loving this one i've never read it before so mrs okay. alloway um uh could be it's becoming one of them and also let me see here it is um no, oh, she has a couple of them, so. Um, no, it's not here. I don't know, let me see if I, give me a second. I think I had the one of, I think I had another one which is called uh, The Voyage Out, but I don't think I have it. However, I'm also really into right now something that also, uh, it's getting uh, a lot into me, it's a documentary poetry. I'm really into documentary poetry as well right now. What is that? Explain that. Poetry. Okay, so documentary poetry is basically, you take, for example, a, a set of documents or you take some interviews and you turn them into poetry pieces. So for example, one of my favorite ones right now, it's, um, it's called the Central American Book of the Death. And it's by Mexican writer, uh, Rodrigo Balam. And the book is amazing because the book is telling you pretty much the journey and the stories of migrants who are coming from um, Central America and their journey that they have to go through Mexico in order to get to the border to get to the States. So, so it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's really shocking. It's shocking because the book is, um, is tough. It's, it's a tough reading just because of the topics that you have within the book, but it's really good. So it's called the Central America Book of the Dead. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And then you mentioned you mentioned the Iliad. Oh yeah, that's a classic one, and I have it right here. <laughs> why? Why the Iliad? I mean, it's an epic story. It's a classic. I think um, back when I was in high school, uh, they made me read it. You know, and I really like the voyage and the journey that these characters uh, go through. And I also remember that some of the books that I, because I also remember, you know, that when I was uh, in Mexico, probably um, 
in high school, I never get to read any of these books. So it wasn't until I came here to the States and I got into high school that they also, that they made us read uh, Iliad and Beowulf. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think Beowulf. Yeah. It's one of those like epic stories as well. Yeah. That they make you read in your junior year, senior year of high school. And you're introduced um, into different types of writing and different uh, storytelling styles and um, and the journey of characters and that really I think that also really had to do with probably me going into writing that um, I was probably aware that I could create a world for you know for storytelling maybe mm -hmm. I don't know yeah I think so but it's really strange because I started in journalism so I am a journalist um, but I'm also a creative writer so what how did you transition or how did you take your knowledge of journalism into writing? Okay, so that's interesting. And I think that's why um, I'm really into documentary poetry because with documentary poetry, something that you can do as, even as a journalist is investigate. You know, you can do some research. You can actually do interviews with people and translate those interviews into poetry or into a fiction, nonfiction piece. So I think um, that is one of the things that um, I love about documentary poetry um, and also creative nonfiction that probably allow me to um, use my bachelor's and my background in journalism and probably turn it into a creative piece. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting and it's a different take, you know, um, and there's and there's a lot of writers, I think, out there who also do documentary poetry, especially okay. now. But um, but yeah, like I, I think I found that that sweet spot for me. That's awesome. That's a good feeling when you like finally feel like you're hitting that sweet spot. Yeah. 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 So I have one last question for you. Yeah, let's go for it. What what's something you're curious about recently? What is something that I'm curious about recently? Hmm, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Okay, could you elaborate more on the question? Like, curious in what sense or what way? Um, something that's on your mind recently that you're just like thinking about. Okay, recently I think a lot about plants. Plants. <laughs> Yes, I have a bunch of plants like in the back as well and in front of me. Yeah. Um, ever since COVID kind of like hit, I was like, okay, so what can I do? Something that is at home or something that does not need like um, me to go out, right? So I started buying plants and it's something that I usually, I'm always intrigued by, by the, the different types of plants that we have, how you can care for them. So yes, lately, for example, I've been following this one page on Instagram that's, that's all about plant care and they have huge plants. And I'm like, how can I get my plants to get to that level? So uh, yeah, I, get, I, I started to do a little bit more of research. So I started buying like food for my plants and the, the type of soils. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting process. And I never thought of like plants as something to be like super interested or invested in. Yeah. But it's, it's cool. I like it. What kind of plants do you have? Okay, so I have a, okay, so for example, this one is an elephant ear and then I have a, a Monsera Deliciosa and then I have 
uh, in the up here, like I have a pot, a pothos, and then I have a fiddle fig that I'm trying to. It's it's still good. Uh, I have the plant has new leaves, so I'm really excited about that because fiddle figs are very like picky, or on on the watering, on how how much sunlight they get. So that's interesting. And then I have um another few uh, other plants, and then I have this one small succulent right here which i'm oh wow how many plants do you have then in my room i have one two three four five six seven seven eight plants yeah nice i feel like plants at least for me like you can't really quantify their effect no on a person but like i feel like psychologically it does it does a lot of positive for a person yeah and they look so pretty honestly <laughs> they look so good yeah. in there so yes uh i really yeah lately i've been really enjoying just like having plants and watering my plants and sometimes i talk to the plants i know some <laughs> people think but um yes for example um uh, i grew up with uh yeah most of the women in my family you know who've always had plants or or always were into like uh, gardening um they used to talk to plants because um, they think they have a special effect on them. I don't know, but I, I believe that probably it might some sort of energy. Yeah. So yeah, I try to, whenever I'm watering my plants, I'm like, how you doing? Just like cleaning the leaves and everything. So yeah, that's important too. Nice. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and thanks for coming on. This has been uh, it's been a real enjoyable conversation. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing uh, all this knowledge about El Paso with me now anytime and if you ever hear an El Paso just let me know yeah absolutely course. uh where can people find you okay people can find me on Instagram as Gigi Flores 02 um and that's pretty much where I'm on I have a Twitter which yeah. is I don't really use Twitter I never got the hang of it so yeah it seems like you're a more visual person you have a lot of good photos on your your Instagram thank page. you <laughs> yeah yes, I'm more of a visual person so that's why um Instagram is a platform for me honestly yeah well thanks again I appreciate it no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Gigi on Instagram at gflora.02. Take the time to appreciate the sunrises and sunsets in your life.